Mission, vision, and culture are vital to us as a church. And every week in staff meeting, we get to hear a devotional along those lines. Hey, if you're a ministry director, I want to encourage you to share this with somebody on your team. We hope this inspires you this week to lead well. Come on, let's dive into Pastor Tom's staff meeting Devo. Alrighty, let me go ahead. I want to share with you um, a couple of uh, a couple of lines from Acts two. Verse 17, um, you'll know this well. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And simple thought from this, and there's a lot that can be taken away from this and should be taken away from this, but simple thought is just that dreams and visions come from God. Dreams and visions, it is, a, it is a God thing. It is part of a life of faith is that God gives us visions and He gives us dreams about the future and things to come and plans He has for us and purposes He has for us and things that He has uh, yet to come and things in front of us, things that we should give our attention to. And this passage from Acts, which is quoting Joel, talks about dreams and visions and there's any number of ways that this can happen. But the simple thought that I wanted to run through with you for a few moments today is just that if dreams and visions are a God thing, that it is God that can kind of birth this in us. It is God that can kind of bring this to our mind and our spirit and our, uh, our soul and our hearts. He can bring these dreams and visions. Um, there's ambition that comes from that. If we believe that God is moving in a certain area, if we believe that there is a vision He's put in front of us that we haven't yet realized, what can start to come from the human heart is ambition. And I want to say that we want to have teams that are filled with people that have ambition. We want to have pews that are filled with people that have God-given dreams and visions about the future and their lives and what's to come and how God wants to move in their lives. Not so that we can just pat ourselves on the back with look at us filled with a bunch of people that have dreams and visions, but so that we can see those things come to pass. We want to have people that are in our church that make up the community of faith that we're a part of in our small groups and our teams and all areas of church where people are just brimming with like, this is what God's speaking about. This way God's challenging me. These are things in front of me that I haven't yet realized that I believe the Lord is, is pulling me towards. We want this to happen. Now, of course, there's a verse that we need to keep in the back of our minds with all of this. And it's from Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition. So this kind of ambition that's being directly struck down here directly cut at the knees is selfish ambition. And I took some time and looked it up in the Greek. And the Greek transition, uh, selfish ambition in the Greek is one word. And the one word translates to acting for one's own gain, regardless of the discord or problems that it causes. So our ambitions that stem from a God-given dream or vision, it shouldn't be self-serving, but be all about blessing and adding value to others. Now, this whole idea of, um, you know, a future reality that God is building towards and a future reality that God is positioning us for. Um, it kind of reminded me, I did a whole series of messages when I was youth pastoring. When I say a whole series, it ended up being nine messages on a simple theme of faithful in the middle. And the idea and the key verse I used from that series, and this is years and years ago now, but it was Luke 16, 10. The one who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. The one who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And the idea and the concept that I presented to the students, and I think it's still helpful for us today, is that today, the current reality, as things are today, the, the, how you think, the, the current state of affairs, how things are on the balance sheet today, this is the little. The vision, the dreams, the things God's put in your heart, the things that He's spoken to you about, the things that He's stirring within us, that's the much. That's to come. The question is, are we going to be faithful in the middle? Between the present reality today, 
how things stand, the little and the much, the realized promises of God, God coming through in an unbelievable, dramatic way, bringing about his good plans, his good purposes. The question that I pose to the students and I would pose to myself and everyone else here today and everyone listening to the podcast, will we be faithful in the middle? Now this verse, it's specifically talking about money, but the principle transcends simply talking about finances and applies across many, if not all areas of life. Today's reality is the little. And for Megan and I, this is um, something as we've talked about it, even just this morning, um, this idea of being faithful in the middle. These are some lessons that we learned um, that we had to walk through, that God took us through. We've shared with you um, possibly on -on one-on-one occasions uh, to everyone in the room here, but there was a a 10-year period of both of us feeling a strong call to ministry, starting before we ever met. Strong call to ministry. The Lord, this is what you have for us, to preach, to teach, to lead people, to help people, to help serve building churches as part of a full-time vocation, this strong sense of calling. And it was about 10 years until we saw that realized and we actually went on staff at our first church. And that 10-year period, that was for us the middle it wasn't an easy 10 years. There was um, one particular point that I would say is close to a breaking point where we had Elijah. He was um, two and a bit at the time and the twins were newborn. And I'm working in a call center. Now the call center job is not the worst job I've ever had. It also wasn't the worst paid job I've ever had. But it was not the kind of job that a father of three should be doing when you've got little guys that all need formula and they all wear diapers at the time I had to reevaluate life. The only college I had was my degree in theology and employers that are not churches do not care one bit about a degree in theology. And to be honest, I can't blame them. So here I am, I've got all my eggs in this one basket and I had a point where I just kind of was like, Lord, if by this time next year, I'm not in ministry, I have to go back to college and get some kind of certification or credentials or license or something. I've got three little guys. You've blessed me with a wonderful wife, three little legends. Something has to change. I can't keep doing this. Within a year, we'd moved state again, and we were both on staff at a church in a pastoral role. But that breaking point was such important because I'd got to the end of any kind of selfishness, weirdness, any sense of I deserve this. I was like, Lord, I'm ready to give up if you don't come through. I can't, I can't force this to happen. I can't shoehorn this in. I can't make this happen. I need you to come through. And it was at that moment, God was like, okay, now we're ready. Let's go. The vision's gonna come to pass. We're gonna start to see this take on some, take on some reality. We're gonna start bringing this to come together. So as I share the, the four things that I have, that hopefully are helpful, that hopefully apply to us and to our teams and the people in the church that we're trying to minister to and bless. Um, I say all that hopefully so that you guys see that these are lessons that we learned um, in the trenches. This wasn't something that we read about and we're recycling for you guys. This is stuff that we really did have to walk through. So four things hopefully are helpful. Uh, First one is be humble. We read the verse in Philippians, the words about selfish ambition. And there's something about uh, having a vision or having a dream. And especially when people start recognizing that in you and calling it out and people start fanning the flame that's in your heart, somehow pride gets to take a root in that. This happens especially when you feel a call to ministry and it's not realized yet. Lord hasn't brought it to pass yet. It's not the right time yet. And then people start to echo and start to reinforce that belief that, you know, actually, I feel like I'm called to preach. And then you start to hear people like, hey, like, do, I really just believe like you're going to be preaching one day. It's amazing how pride just sneaks in the cracks 
and starts to take a deep root. And God knows that elevating people that are wrecked with pride will ultimately lead to their ruin. And be out of his love for us. I, I truly believe this is through experience. This is through scriptures. God puts a ceiling and says, you can't get beyond here until this pride thing is kicked in the chops. Until we address that, until we gather a spirit of humility back in your life, flowing out of your life, I cannot risk putting you in a position that will lead to your ruin. And there's a ton of proverbs that address this and I'll rattle off a few for you. Pride ends in humiliation. The Lord tears down the house of the proud. Pride comes then disgrace. So pride is a ceiling to God fulfilling our ambitions. And I wrote this down. I thought this was, um, I don't want to say my Stephen Furtick moment, but it was my Stephen Furtick moment. Pride closes doors that humility opens. Pride closes doors that humility opens. And if there was an organ playing right now, and I had a southern accent, you wouldn't be able to tell whether it was Tom Wood or Stephen Furtick, but pride closes doors. I don't know why Megan's laughing. This is, anyway, whatever. Pride closes doors that humility opens. But the second thing, second thing is be sharp. Be sharp. First thing was be humble. Second thing is be sharp. Uh, there's a saying that's attributed to Abraham Lincoln. I'm going to guess that it's, uh, it's not exactly accurate and true, but nevertheless, ascribed to Abraham Lincoln was this idea that if you've got an hour to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend 45 minutes sharpening the axe. If I've got an hour to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend 45 minutes sharpening the axe. And this period of time, that in-between, where there's a call to be faithful in the middle, time to sharpen the axe. Time to learn things, time to grow, time to stretch. You've heard Megan and I talking about growth and stretch an awful lot. It just, it's a big part of, um, you know, of a life of faith for us and a big part of what we want to encourage others to do is to live a life constantly looking to stretch and grow in gifting and, and in, uh, in leadership and in, in uh, understanding of who the Lord is and how the Lord works. A big idea of that stretch. So sharpen the ax, be sharp. And then um, in 1941 in Hibbing, Minnesota, the greatest American philosopher was born. Bob Dylan was gifted to the world. And in 1965, a 24 year old Bob Dylan would pen these words that ring true today, as true now as ever has been said. He wrote these words, it's actually a crazy good quote. I'm not just saying Dylan for the sake of it. He not busy being born is busy dying. He not busy being born is busy dying. And that simple idea from the great American philosopher of if you're not actively engaging life, if you're not actively pursuing the pursuit of the dreams, wouldn't it be horrible to think the flip side of that coin is you're actively drifting away from the promises of God? by not sharpening up, by not staying sharp, by not growing, by not being faithful in the call that God's given and not looking for ways to, to stretch yourself in whatever promise it is and whatever vision it is that God's put in your heart, we're slowly drifting away from it. Second Timothy 4.2, be prepared in season and out of season. Third thing is be quiet. Be quiet. Now this probably applies to me a lot more than it applies to anyone else listening to this. But in this idea of you have a dream, you have a vision that you're desperate to see come to pass. You want to see the Lord bring about the promotion. You're desperate to see the Lord bring about the timing for you to step into something that you're anticipating and excited and ambitious for. 
The temptation is to get yourself to the front of the queue. The temptation is to make sure that you stand out because of course it's people noticing you that's gonna get you the promotion that only God can bring. And that temptation is very, very real that if I can just make the right connection, if I can just network in the right way, if I can just stand out to that influential person, if, if this person who, who has influence, if this person who's a key leader somewhere can, can see that I'm awesome, that's gonna be the key to me getting the promotion that, that only God can bring. And we can have confidence and we can say and we can journal that God, you're the only one that can open this door. And yet our actions counteract that when we suck up and we try and be sycophantic and we try and impress people and we try and make sure we're at the front of the queue. So the uppercut that I needed was Tom, be quiet. Be quiet. God knew where to find David. Even when his dad didn't think it was worth bringing him for Samuel to check out. God knew where to find Moses, even though Moses was trying to be hidden from just about everybody. God knows where to find you when he needs you. He knew where to find Gideon, also hiding. He knew where to find Noah. He knew where to find Jacob when it was time for Jacob to have a vision with him while Jacob is on the run. God knows where to find you. And I wanted to share this with you. Apart from anything else, I thought it was funny, so I'll share it with you. Matthew 20, uh, starting in uh, verse 20, 21. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Debedee, come to Jesus with her sons. She'll not respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in place of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Mom, can you go ask Jesus if we can be real important? No, he won't listen to us, but he'll listen to you. <laughs> oh my God, anyway, I'm moving on. All right, fourth one is be consistent. First one's be humble. Second one's be sharp. Third one's be quiet. The fourth one is be consistent. Very simply, keep showing up. This is so underrated. We don't say it often enough. Uh, I shared, I believe it was on a Sunday message of probably a few months ago now. I, I mean this with, hopefully, with all humility. Neither Megan or I were the most gifted, standout people in our Bible college. There were people that I would say were infinitely more gifted than me that today are not in ministry. There are some that aren't even following the Lord at all. One of the things that Megan and I resolved is we are just gonna keep turning up. We are gonna keep showing up. You need someone to straighten chairs, we'll straighten chairs. You need youth leaders, we'll come be youth leaders. You need people greeting, we'll go greeting. You need people to be a part of a new Christians team, we'll do new Christians team. You want people to do hospital visits, we'll do hospital visits. Just keep showing up, just keep turning up. It is an underrated quality of somebody that just has a consistency and a dependability. They will be there, they're gonna turn up. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let's not get tired of doing good. At the right time, the Lord's gonna open up the door. At the right time, the Lord's gonna open up the platform. He's gonna get things ready. He's gonna get you moving. He's gonna bring promotion. He's gonna bring it about. Faithful in the middle. Don't get tired of doing good. Keep showing up. Keep doing what needs to be done. Keep doing what no one else is doing. Be dependable. Be a good follower. Honor your leaders. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And in due season, at the right time, a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And one thing that uh, I wanted to say before we close that is important on this is that the size and the scope of the dream and the vision that God has placed in your heart in this concept is irrelevant. 
I, this doesn't just apply to, you know, God's given you a vision to plant a church or God's given you a vision to start a ministry or go into full-time ministry or start a business. It's not just the big stuff. This is the small stuff too. This is the teacher in the Walker that has a vision for this student is going to make incredible breakthrough this year. Yeah, have that vision. Like grab a hold of that. Be faithful in that vision that God's given you. It's for the ministry director that has decided, you know what, this time next year, I want to have doubled the amount of team members that we have so the team members that we have aren't burning out. What a great vision. I believe God's going to meet you with that. And you just keep following this. You just keep turning up, keep being humble, keep being consistent, keep seeking God. Just, just quietly, just let the Lord bring about promotion. This, it it's all plays into this. If Annie wanted to start going into new areas of ministry with 99.1, well, okay, like that's awesome. Like, let's believe this. Let's just keep doing it. Keep turning up. Keep being humble. Keep, just be quiet. I don't need to push my way in. Lord, you're going to open doors. I'm going to be consistent. Lord, you're going to move things. So the size and the scope of the dream and the vision is not on the table right now. That is an irrelevant point. The point is that God gives dreams. He gives visions. And we should grab onto that with both hearts. Not with selfish ambition. Faithful in the middle. Be humble. Be sharp. Be quiet. Be consistent. All right, let's pray everybody. Lord, Please take something from today. Lord, challenge us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, grab something from this and put it in our hearts, Lord, that, that challenge to be faithful in the middle. Lord, I feel that challenge. Lord, I, I please hope I'm not standing up here saying, look at all the good stuff I've done to be faithful in the middle. Lord, there is still a call to be faithful in the middle. So Lord, I pray for dreams and visions to flow through this staff, through this church, through the leaders of this church. Lord, through the members of this church, I pray that we will have pews filled with people overflowing with visions and dreams from you. And that we take those dreams, we take those visions and we are faithful in the middle and we anticipate seeing you bringing it to pass in your timing. Lord, we ask all of this with a spirit of humility, desperate to see you move. We trust you, we love you. In Jesus' incredible name, amen, amen. Hey, we hope that you were blessed and encouraged by today's talk. If you are a leader or a ministry director here at Word of Life, there are tons of resources available on our website. Head to wordoflifeag.org, go to the menu and tap on leaders. We'll be posting new episodes of this podcast every week. So be sure to subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next week.